Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by On3 National Recruiting Analyst Jerry Hamilton, also of InsideTexas.com. Jerry, Longhorn news coming fast and furious on the recruiting front, particularly in the portal on a Monday. A couple of things occurred. Uh, first of all, Inside Texas is reporting that Ajay Hall, a transfer wide receiver, the nation's number one receiver prospect a year ago uh, for the class of 2021, ranked higher even than uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, is considering Texas among a group of schools. He's six foot three, 195 pounds, originally from Valrico, Florida, caught two, cat, caught two passes in the national championship game for Bama after Bama was. Uh, depleted at wide receiver with the loss of John Mechie and Jamison Williams. Jerry, what is the very latest you've heard on Ajay Hall and whether or not Texas uh, is in play here? Yeah, Ajay Hall's a prospect I'm, I'm familiar with dating back to the ESPN camps, Deion Sanders Prime 21 camp, which he flew to Dallas to attend in the Under Armour All-America game ultimately. Um, through that, I got to uh, uh, know a parent of his, and I, I reached out and spoke with a, a parent of IG Halls this morning, and um, the news was nothing to know right now necessarily. Said there was a couple of schools getting serious consideration. Um, wouldn't come out and say that Texas was one of those, but I think through our back channels, we we all have that that information that Texas is a, a program that's uh, wants Hall and is recruiting Hall, and Hall is certainly listening. Um, you know. Right now, Hall is he's working to make sure his academics go smooth for his transfer, which is important. Um, and then kind of that's first on his list. Um, and I asked this person, I said, well, when do you want me to check back with you? Said end of the week, maybe next week, maybe there'll be something new. Maybe there won't. So I think we're kind of on a time frame, which we don't know uh, when that decision's to be made. But we do know that the academics the rest of the spring uh, are very important for his transfer process. And it sounds like he didn't mention any schools, not that he mentioned no schools. Did, yeah, he was he uh, the the parent, I should say, not he, but the parent uh, mentioned no schools in particular. Well, and, and he's an he's an interesting prospect because, look, he went to four or five high schools, you know, in, in that southwest Florida area. Um, and, and he's a guy that is just as a player for those that aren't familiar. He is, Bobby, and you said, I mean, he's one of the most talented guys you will see. I mean, like if he turned around and said, I wanted to be a corner, his upside, and I'm not comparing him to an NFL Hall of Famer, but his upside's Patrick Peterson level athlete in size, right? I mean, that's with that length, he he can factor in their turn game. At wide receiver, what I always saw from him was a little inconsistency with the hands, but I never said it was bad hands. It could have just been poor concentration. I mean, until you until you get a kid and have an eye test, right? You don't really know um, yeah. some of these things. But he had some drops every time I ever saw him, and I chalked it up as much to poor concentration as bad hands. Here's what I will tell you: he is open. He's I mean, fast. <laughs> yeah, that's he, uh, 
fast. You know, and people, here's, the thing, here's the thing about he it. Dropped, he dropped the ball in, in the national championship game, Jerry, but he was open. Right. And I want to say that that's Texas didn't have a lot of open receivers other than Xavier Worthy last year. And, and I want to explain Hall as a, as a, as an athlete, whether he's playing wide receiver, let's just say looking at him as a wide receiver, he's explosive off the line and he's quick and he's fast. He's got all three components that put sets you on another level as an athlete at the wide receiver position to go with 6'3 size and an 81-inch wingspan. He's literally got everything college coaches look for. And that's why a guy that went to four or five high schools still had his pick of any college in the country. That's how talented he is. I think I think we're, folks were talking about it uh, on Inside Texas. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to be relentless in upgrading the skill position talent at Texas. Uh, not only did he bring in Isaiah Nayor and uh, Jaleel Billingsley this offseason, if you can get someone as good as Ajay Hall, as talented, uh, then you add Brennan Thompson, uh, one of the nation's top sprinters to the list. Uh, you know, he's doing what he needs to do in that regard. Uh, one of the things we're going to hit on you and I later in this episode, Jerry, is overall at wide receiver because Texas also had something happen this weekend on campus that was interesting uh, and surprised both of us. Uh, to a degree, but I want to stay on the transfer portal track. O'Shawn Mathis, the t uh, defensive end that Texas has been uh, after uh, from day one, six foot five, 235 pounds out of uh, TCU, originally from Maynard, Texas, just outside of Austin. He was at uh, Nebraska this weekend, uh, seemed to have a great time, but did not commit. He uh, announced on Twitter today that he is announcing his decision at the end of the month. Uh, Texas is expected to get one more visit. He's already visited once, has that picture, that kind of cool picture uh, with Gary Patterson uh, out there uh, in Longhorn uniform. But uh, he is saying that he's going to announce at the end of the month visiting Texas uh, for the spring game. What are you hearing the latest on him? Yeah, no, nothing's changed for me. Uh, you know, Texas still considered the favorite. Um, and I think if you're Nebraska, you split, He's going back to tag. That's not a good sign, right? I'm shutting it down to the end of the month and I'm done taking visits is what you want to hear in that scenario. Not I'm going to go give Gary Patterson another hug in Austin, right? So that one's trending uh, very well for Texas. And I'll be surprised. Look, anybody I've talked to, I'll just be surprised at the end of the day if Texas isn't the selection. Have we been wrong before in this business? Absolutely. Can we be again? Sure. But let's go with what we know right now. And everything's leading us uh, to the same path. And that path is very close to home in Austin. Two other guys Texas is tinkering with that we know of in the portal right now. Uh, Caleb Johnson, Johnson, the linebacker uh, that originally signed with Texas in 2020, I think, or 2019. He would be a bounce back from UCLA. Um, was co quoted uh, uh, on another site as saying that he was down to Miami and Texas, but he doesn't have a visit set with Texas and does with Miami. I, I think that that, you know, not trying to read between the lines too much, but I think it sounds like it's Miami. That's also where he has a teammate that transferred right. uh, as well. Uh, and the other one is a, a big lineman. Oh, go ahead. You have something else, Jerry? Well, yeah, I was going to say, and there's familiarity, um, you know, with the Oregon staff from his high school recruitment. Now, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal, those guys are at Miami. Um, so there, there's familiarity there, um, also being at UCLA. So, Yes, you're not committing anywhere if you don't have a visit one. Yeah. <laughs> so the Hurricanes are looking good. Yeah. Um, the other one is Darius Mims. You think the Longhorns might, the big five star offensive lineman 
out of a Georgia that just uh, left Georgia as a true freshman. Uh, you think Texas might have some interest there? Yeah, you know, uh, first on uh, Mims is a prospect. We had him in the Under Armour All America game, and he was at future fifty, and he had been hurt that year. He'd had, a, I think, a knee issue. But um, Blake Brockermeyer was there with his sons, and Blake Brockermeyer walked up to me and said, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with when Tommy Brockermeyer is six six two eighty, and he says, "Who's this guy over here?" I mean, Mims is a massive human being. And here's the thing. He's an athletic guy. Now, he is with great length, physical player. He battled some injuries off and on in high school. He was doing really well early on at Georgia. You know, obviously, who finished second in that recruitment was Kyle Flood in Alabama. And Texas will certainly have interest in Mims. Where this recruitment goes, no way to know right now. Does he just go, does he go to Alabama if they want him? Because Alabama's lacking depth on the offensive line. Uh, that's something we've heard behind the scenes. So could they make a push for a guy that they really liked out of high school? Could Kyle Flood's relationship and the ability to come in and be the, be the man at a tackle spot possibly be the difference? Uh, we, we shall see. But Texas will give this one a run. I want to laugh at the idea that Alabama's, you know, depleted on the offensive line whenever you and I both know well, what does that Bobby, mean? They don't have 10 NFLers lined up. They only have seven. So there, there's depth issues in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> I, thanks. That, that puts us up to date, I think, on all the, the uh, transfer guys that we know of. Uh, Ajay Hall uh, and Oshan Mathis, I think, are the two that I'm really looking at right now from the portal that I think Texas is, is going to be really involved with at this point. Let, let, let's, let's hit on one thing with Hall real quick, too. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Let's see what he does. But I want to ask you, should Hall pick Texas? How do you see that receiver core at that point if he were to pick Texas with Brennan Thompson also coming in? Would it be the fastest wide receiver core at Texas since when? Ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not so sure it's not already. Yeah. Um, to be – well, Worthy is just such a difference maker in that category. Um, you know, you'd have to go back to a guy like Tony Jones, I think, or Roy Williams, uh, those two to probably say these are the two fastest uh, Metcalf played running back. So, you know, even though he caught a lot of balls, I, I, I feel like um, I feel like you'd have I, I, I think that they're getting there uh, is is a point. And we'll, we'll see how it, it, it pans out long term. Uh, but I just like the fact more than anything that that Steve Sarkeesian is willing to go to bat for uh, guys that he thinks can be game changers uh, athletically. We'll see if Texas actually follows through and everything happens, but uh, a big news there, in my opinion. The, the one thing, Bobby, I can say that Texas has not been able to do in many years is take a fast guy off the field and replace him with another fast guy. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. And that is a massive change in an offense, if that happens. No, you don't – no offense to Alvante Woodard, who tried his best for the University of Texas, but you don't go from – Xavier Worthy to Alvante Woodard and strike the same fear of God into opponents on a deep ball. Right. You just don't, Um, you know, and so 
uh, as in, in particularly coaches that like to, to uh, uh, coaches like Tom Herman that like to substitute so frequently at receiver. Now, Steve Sarkeesian does not substitute no. as frequently. Um, but then you, you, if there's a drop off there, I mean, it's like, it, it is a different offense and you're giving it away to the defense and, and really handicap. I never understood that. Uh, but, uh, we digress. I think that, uh, really to your point, it's clear they're trying to get more explosive on offense. Um, I want to bring that up now. Cause I want to talk about the wide receivers in recruiting before I talk about the wide receivers. I want to talk about uh, a guy that was on campus that I think bears a lot of mention, and that's Jamel Johnson, uh, the defensive back out of Arlington Seguin. He's another. He's also uh, a true buzz player, plays for that 7-on-17, 6'1", He was on campus, committed to Texas early, uh, last season even, um, and is still looking at some other schools and taking some visits. Uh, but Texas, this is his second time in Austin uh, and uh, came in this weekend. In anything you hear about him, I know he's friends with Anthony Hill, who's also on that True Buzz team, uh, the linebacker out of Denton Ryan. Savion Bryce, you know, Savion Red, some of those kids. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I haven't heard anything new on that. I mean, I, he's going to take visits. He's going to kind of go through the recruiting process. That's been the plan. Um, and, you know, but I have not heard anything new other than that, um, that look, that these kids are going to take visits. I mean, look, it's just like the Samaje Burrell interview last week when people were kind of, what? He's going to take visits. Hey, this is what's recruiting now. That's recruiting. The, 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 the days of committing and not taking visits are over. And the coaching staff either embrace that or they try to play hardball. And that hardball is not a winning formula for me. Unless, yeah, you're well, not anymore. 0, unless you're 12 and 0 every year and hold every spade, right? <laughs> and, and you're not. Even you're then, not. you're not. It, it right. doesn't work that way anymore. Um, uh, I, th I think that uh, players are, are more wise to it. Their their parents are more wise to the, the entire situation. Right. It's just different. So we're entering yeah. a different stage that people need to be uh, it, cognizant it, and, of. And, and that's why we like the we like the approach of the staff at Texas under Steve Sarkeesian because they recruit through the whistle. And I sound like a broken record, but it matters. They understand the process. They understand that to, to get the very best players at the University of Texas, you have to recruit them all the way to December or February. And you have to stay in there and recruit them like you don't have them committed or chase them like you want to get them committed. And it's both. I got to ask you, this is the one that surprised me. Eric Nalin uh, broke the news on Saturday that Ryan Niblett, blue chip receiver out of Aldine Ike, uh, six foot, 170 pounds, was visiting Texas. I mean, two weeks or two months ago, Texas was an after Texas didn't even make his top whatever list. And all of a sudden he's on campus and it's his first visit since visiting to our knowledge, first visit since visiting Bama more than a month ago. Yeah. And first thing first, good job on uh, by Eric on that one. Um, that's where a, in our business covering a kid is a, a prior kids recruitment. A coach is on that staff at the new school at Eisenhower now comes into play. Those things matter uh, because that's, I told Eric jokingly, I said, I tried to call that kid Tuesday and didn't pick up the phone. Not that I knew he was visiting Texas. I was looking for a national story on like what his plans were. So I was like, great job on that, Eric. And But yeah, Nibble, it's, it's interesting in that, look, he's been an Alabama lean ever since Nick Saban showed up at Eisenhower High School and watched him just run around on the football field. That kid's been an Alabama lean. Um, but I think what you've seen happen again, we just hit on it. You know, you don't, Texas could have walked away from Neto at any point in time last year. And aren't Texas fans glad they didn't because he'd be at Baylor or Oklahoma. 
when that kid, obviously, if you hung in there, signs with Texas. Um, so that's why you just got to hang in there. And people have to remember, Brennan Marion is is new. He, like, he had a prior relationship with a Kyle Parker, somebody he had offered at Pitt and a couple other guys. But a lot of these guys, they're just they're just a couple of months into the, the relationship building process. So at any point in time, that can trigger something with a kid and a coach in a relationship. And talking to Niblett after his visit um, Sunday, he, he really likes Brennan Marion. Uh, that was his first time in, in Austin. And I think that's the key. You got to keep fighting to get kids on campus. You got to fight to get these kids in front of your coaching staff so those kids can watch his energy on the practice field. It's one thing to have a phone conversation. It's another thing for a kid to sit there and watch it in person and talk to the other receivers. And they say, yeah, we really like Coach Marion and what he's bringing to our root wide receiver room and our program. And then – you know what was interesting? And we're not saying who's winning the quarterback battle. I thought it was interesting when I talked to Nibble. He said, the quarterback three, I really liked him. He can throw the football. So, see, getting a kid on campus, he now sees a quarterback that can throw the football down the field. And he, he was, like, talking about how he anticipated guys coming out of breaks. Well, that's pretty good. That's why you get kids on campus. If Nibble never comes on campus, he doesn't have that comment to make to inside Texas or on three. And I think Steve Sarkeesian did a great job. Uh, you know, Niblett said they showed me the city. They showed me the university. He had never seen all that before. So now he has a different perspective on Texas, not the football program, watching practice, being engaged with Brennan Marion and Steve Sarkeesian, but also the city and the university. So I think Texas has put themselves in the mix. LSU, USC, A&M, others? LSU was his favorite growing up. I'll never forget the first time I went to Eisenhower. Uh, I can't remember, it was middle of the season. And, um, you know, I didn't expect LSU to be the first school out of his mouth. But he's like, oh, that's the school I always grew up loving. And, you know, we'll have to see. We've talked about this before. Like, is Brian Kelly going to change what he recruits at wide receiver at LSU? He's always recruited bigger guys. Ryan Niblett's 5'10 and 7'8 and 175. You know, Jaquay's Petaway's 5'11 and a half and 165, 170. They didn't fit the Notre Dame profile. So I'm very interested to see how hard he pushes guys that are more undersized receivers than he recruited at Notre Dame. Maybe it's as simple as I'm at LSU and I can get a better, a higher level athlete at wide receiver, and that's the simple answer. We'll find out. Um, talking about wide receivers whole and Brennan Marion, I thought what you said was about getting him on, on getting Ryan Niblett on campus. I'm looking at the, the list of offers Texas has right now at receiver and literally all of them, all of the offers in state um, have been on campus with the exception of Jalen Hale at a Longview, who's scheduled to be at, on campus this weekend, this coming weekend. So uh, not only Niblet, but Jaden Greathouse, uh, Jonte Cook, Jonah Wilson, Jaquez Petaway, Braylon James, uh, Kyle Parker, McCall, McCall Harrison, pilot, who I think is tremendous. Uh, and then Jalen Brown came in from out of state. Um, all of those guys have been on campus in April uh, and, or late March. Uh, so I, I feel like Texas is trying to amp up its recruiting of premier wide receivers. I, and they have, and they should, because they have an offense that just, it, it you know, it thrives on it. And they have a centerpiece and a guy in Xavier Worthy that looks like a million bucks, you know, and, and is having having a great uh, is off to a great start of his career at Texas. 
Yeah, I, I think the other important thing here to factor in is we always talk about how just with Niblet, how important it is for Niblet to get the campus at Texas. And that's extremely important. But here's the other, the bigger, maybe the bigger piece is these guys come in and sit down with Brennan Marion and Steve Sarkeesian, and they can continue their evaluation process. You like them on tape, you like them in the basketball game, you like the conversations. But a lot of times you really don't make that final decision on who you're going to push until you get those kids in front of you, put them on the board, you see how if, they can, if they're going to be able to process your offensive scheme, how those conversations go with Steve Sarkeesian, Brendan Marion, the fit around the, 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 the coaching staff and the kids at Texas. There's so many things that play into this, and I think that is the number one for me with Texas getting all these guys at the wide receiver position on campus. They've had a chance to fully evaluate these guys face-to-face. You know, because the one thing about recruiting during COVID is there was a year and a half where there was none of that. And I think that made it all the more important for these coaches now because they saw a lot of swings and misses because you just don't know. And these guys getting getting them on campus, talking to them face to face, seeing if they understand what they're putting on the board, seeing how they interact with the guys, just seeing everything in a bigger, broader picture while they're on campus is huge in the evaluation process. The only thing you would like to do that you can't is put a watch on a kid. Yeah, I, I just feel, I, and, and to that point, so many of these guys have track times. That's right. I don't, I don't know that you actually need the watch no. um, as much as the mental evaluation of, hey, does this guy take coaching? Can this guy, is this guy somebody I can see in my room and uh, and deal with on a day-to-day basis, right? And, and, and let's, let, let's talk about it. I mean, look, this is a program and a serious rebuild still and adding the right guys. It's about assembling a team and not collecting talent at the end of the day. And Texas is, has to do a great job of assembling a team. If this staff assembles a team, well, you'll see the wins on the field. I do believe that if you collect talent, I'm not so sure that happens. It, I think that, and, and to be the great teams, you got to do both. That's right. You know, yeah, Nick Saban may – you can say what you want. Always a great coach. He's a great collector of talent. He and, is. And, and a good coach. You know what yeah. I mean? He's, yeah. he's much better when he has good players. Just ask him when he was at Michigan State. That's right. That's I right. mean, it, it's not like he improved so much as a yeah. coach as he did just the talent. And to your point, let's, let's look at that. Well, there's nine, ten receivers in the on 300 that have been on campus or will be on campus. All of those guys are talented enough to play at Texas, right? It, it, uh, a handful of those guys are probably talented enough to play at Alabama, right? But Nick Saban won't take them all. He still has to make those decisions, right? And so you get to a certain talent level and you still have to make those decisions on 1A, 1B. And I think Texas is doing a pretty good job of that. Yeah, and, and then you bring in a guy like a Jay Hall uh, uh, and all of a sudden your numbers, your numbers change a little bit. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this initially. Uh, we did say Mathis was on a trajectory. Uh, he said, announced today that he would be uh, making a decision by no later than the end of the month. Uh, Hall, when you talked to, to the person close to his recruitment, did not give a time frame other than, hey, check back with me later. Yeah, they did not give a time frame. Wasn't giving up much information other than confirming a couple of things off the record. Um, and that's really what I was looking for, just to, to, to lead us down the right path on a couple of things. But yeah, nothing as far as a decisions imminent. Gotcha. All right. Uh, 
Jerry Hamilton, uh, on three national recruiting expert and uh, inside Texas expert, uh, Bobby Burton here uh, at the host Mike, I guess. Uh, we both work for InsideTexas.com. Please give us a try. Uh, four months for just $1 right now uh, on Inside Texas. Uh, that's going to be Jerry and I's segment for today. Uh, Longhorn's looking good in the portal. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.